You're listening to Oak City Move, a new podcast from 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people doing positive things in Raleigh and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Friday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. WKNC881. Uh, my name is Fionn, and I'm here with Sarah, my co-host. We also have a special guest, Janae, and we'll have someone named Alex Aff uh, calling in later. We are doing a mental health-themed show today in honor of Mental Health Month. Um, so the songs that we'll be playing will have something to do with that. Maybe it'll be music that helps out in rough spots. Uh, we've had some submissions from people. And if you want to make a submission and talk about your experience with mental health or offer words of advice or even just to tell a story, we'd love to hear from you. You can call 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. You can also tweet at us. We are the Oak City Move, which is a weekly program on KNC, Mondays from 4 to 6 this summer, uh, highlighting people who are enacting positive change in the triangle. And again, this show is going to be about mental health. So if you have any submissions, even song requests that maybe helped you out in a rough time or are related to mental health, we'd love to see your submissions. You can check out our website. It's oakcitymove.tumblr.com slash submissions is where you can give us stuff. You can also email us at oakcitymove at gmail.com. WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. And today we're going to be talking about mental health, and we're doing something we've never done before. We've got a caller. His name is Alex Aff, and you might have heard him in previous interviews. I had him, I initially met him when I was working Local Band Local Beer, which is a different KNC program. RIP, we're not doing that anymore, but that's what my job was for the last two years, interviewing bands and artists as they came in, and that's how I met Alex. And he's going to be talking with us about mental health today. Hey, Alex, can, can you hear us? Yeah, I, I can hear you pretty well. Firstly, R.I.P. to local band, local beer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess you served your time well. You served your time well. You did your thing. You know, I'm sure you made them proud. And, and hopefully there's no beef with you. Because if there's beef, then I just got to style with you. Because I, I rock with you more than them. You know what I'm But yeah, I can hear. I can hear. I think, I think. Oh, can they hear, hear me? We good? Yes, I think we're good. We're, we're working out headphone situation because I can't have you on speaker and talk to you while also having you play over the air but we Whoa. we're good now everything's good Alex give me a little background about yourself uh okay a little background um born born and raised in Durham North Carolina a uh, child of Nigerians um I probably started uh taking music seriously when I was 19 it was four years ago Prior to then, I was always just like the goofy kid in school who just never did homework and who just acted out and just was like just freestyling through the hallways. Um, and uh, last year on my birthday, August the 5th, I moved to Charlotte and I've been in Charlotte ever since. So, yeah, I'm approaching like 10 months in like a new city, which is pretty interesting for me personally. Um and uh, banana pudding is probably one of my favorite things to eat. It's really good. I don't know if anybody listening is into banana pudding, like homemade banana pudding. Like with vanilla like wafers? Grand, 
the yeah with the wafer with the wafers, the whipped cream, just that whole grandma vibe. So yeah, now at this point in my life, I am just I'm just a slave to my craft, the music thing, and um, that's just the tool, the instrument I'm using to just tell my story and just talk about life and and just you know build with humans. So yeah. So what made you want to talk about mental health today? Um, what, what made me want to talk about it is, you know, over, I'd say maybe the last year or so, probably more, just in small ways when I look at, when I, when I think about it, I realize that mental health affects everybody. You know, I, I think everybody I've ever met in my life, it, 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 even in the smallest way to more severe ways, you know, I see how, and myself included, I see how mental health affects people. I think I think it affects your life in every way from, you know what I'm saying, the relationships you have with people to I think kind of what you what you do with your life, who you become. Uh you know, I think it affects uh you know, your personality, uh how you interact. So it it actually to me I've realized that it's more important than it it it, it it's more important than I think what the majority of my peers focus on, you know what I'm saying? And I think that, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have suffered from not the best mental health. And I don't think they're taking their own lack of good mental health serious. So I just kind of wanted to be up here just to open up just some dialogue. Maybe just more people might, uh, want to see where their mental health is at, uh, and just realize that, you know, a lot of people are really, are. there are a lot of people who are really depressed. Like, I see people tweet about it, post about it on the Internet. So it's like a lot of people are really suffering mentally on levels that maybe we might not collectively as a whole understand. But I just want to just I just want to talk about it. I think that's the first step in anything. So what has your personal experience been? What's my personal inspiration? Like, do you say experience? experience? Well, I'd say, like, because, you know, sometimes I like to, but maybe this is just maybe one of the things that I need to work on myself. Sometimes I like to not really, I, I think I, I've suffered from really low mental health at, at points in my life, but maybe I, I didn't really act like I was. I don't know if it's just a, 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 a man thing or whatever, <laughs> but I think I kind of, underestimated how uh how much i might have been suffering from low mental health at times but i'd say you know just early i think that like the first sign for me early was just the fact that um i was like young just going through that really adolescent phase anywhere from like 12 years old like 12 to 16 that period of time and just me kind of being interested in in writing and just kind of me being around people that didn't really understand me for me. So early on, I kind of felt like I was like an outsider to the world. And I think just that was one of my earliest instances of dealing with like poor mental health. But of course, at that time, I didn't really, I guess I, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if I was just like sad or if I was like, I don't know if that was depression but I do know that, uh, you know, early early in my life, it was, it was hard to it was, it was hard to uh, speak my mind, and it was hard to, uh, I think, really uh, voice voice 
what I felt was in my heart that I wanted to say just because I felt like I was around people who didn't really understand me. So that's kind of where it started for me early. So I've heard you talking a lot about your peers, about it maybe being a man thing, about the people that you're just around. Can you elaborate on that? Like what has made it difficult in your experience? You know, honestly, you know, because as far as like rap, just just me me being a quote unquote rapper and just me, you know, uh, being around rappers, me uh, having conversations with rappers. And and I'm, I say this just to, just to I think just to have a level of honesty. I think that um, rap is a very competitive genre, and you know I, I think that a lot of uh, confidence and a lot of uh, you know a, a, a lot of confidence being promoted in music. And I think that there are a lot of rappers who honestly probably are depressed a little bit, and I think that maybe rap is a type of genre where it's just kind of like all right, well, if, if, you, if you're depressed or if you have health and you just got to deal with it because you're like a rapper and we're like supposed to be like the realest dudes in the world. So I, I think with rap, it, it's interesting because a guy like me, you know, I think I have the ability to, to, to look at somebody, to have a conversation with somebody and just to see and, and be able to see that, you know, they're just kind of suffering with their own like like mental health and uh you know and i think the problem is that a lot of my peers they might not uh talk about it enough and they might not even take their own lack of mental health serious enough because i think it's something that needs just like if you want like if you want abs you can't just do 20 sit-ups today and expect to be rock hard tomorrow you know what i'm saying i think just just like if just like if you have physical health goals i i think that that same consistency needs to be applied to mental health goals. And I think that a lot of rappers don't, I, I, I think they just kind of like to promote their lack of mental health more than they actually like to even work on it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, you know, just from what I've seen. I'm, I may be wrong or I may be right, but that's just kind of from what I've seen and what I think. And growing up, what was your education on mental health like? Because a lot of times, people don't realize that certain feelings that they're experiencing or things that they're going through um, can be attributed to mental health. Yeah, I mean, well, growing up, I, I, don't, I don't really think there was any real education. I, as far as, like, formal education, I don't, I don't really, there was no, I, I think, formal education on, on mental health specifically. You know, maybe, I mean, maybe there was some stuff about that in psychology class, but I never took psychology class, but... I mean, I do know that as far as formal education, as, as far as my experience with it in high school and all that, that wasn't that, that wasn't really uh, something that I learned. I, I think I had to I had to learn that on my own. I, I learned that just through my own personal studies, and I also just learned that just through just getting to know different people and having conversations with people. And I think over time, you just kind of start to put things together. But, um, yeah, it, a lot of things, just like mental health, it, it was something I think I had to learn on my own. I'm, I'm actually really interested in in it because it everybody goes through it, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, people actually, it, I think it really should be 
taught, you know what I'm saying, in school because this is something everybody goes through. So for me, I, I had to just learn it on my own. I had to, I, I just taught myself at my own pace on my own, and I'm still teaching myself more about it every day. How about, like, amongst fun, friends or family? Because a lot of the times people, once they learn about what mental illness is um, and the importance of mental health, they realize that a lot of negative stereotypes and things like that are being pe- perpetuated amongst their own loved ones. That it leads to what? Can you repeat that? Um, like, so negative stereotypes are often, uh, in the public, people often have a negative view of people with mental illnesses. Um, so was, like, when you were growing up um, amongst your friends and your family, did any of their sort of opinions or anything like that, ha- did you come to realize that they had affected your, the way you thought about mental illness and mental health? Uh, I'd say that, uh, you know, for me, I guess just to give a little more context to whoever actually listening, um, I have three older brothers, and um, I have no sisters. This my my immediate family, so it the the narrative as far as my perspective was me always just being like the kid who who uh, didn't really know what he was talking about. Uh, so that definitely just me not really feeling comfortable enough to be myself, even around my own family, that definitely contributed to my own mental health being affected. And I also seen in my own, within my own family, how, you know, their mental health was affected just, just based on, uh, you know, like the life that just who they are and just, and just the life that they live. But I think the thing about it is that, I can't. I can't blame anybody for having. As much as I might identify, I can't. I can't blame that person because you. That person doesn't have mental health. That person doesn't have poor mental health because they are just like that. It, it could be a lot of different reasons. It could just be the way that they were raised, or just the the people that they. Uh, were influenced by at like a young point in their life, you know what I'm saying? So I think just seeing it within my own family, I think it made me just, uh, under, it made me just try to figure out why, you know what I'm saying? Why I felt like even people within my own family were kind of, uh, suffering quietly, but maybe not even really trying to, uh, do anything about it. I think it just had a lot to do with just, uh, what they were taught and what they believe, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm the youngest in my family, so I'm kind of in a different generation. And and my brothers and my parents and their parents, they were all just taught, especially being Nigerian, they were all taught uh, extremely different principles from what I taught myself. So I think that just kind of created a, a, a poor mental health in, 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 in small areas within their lives. And, and I think... You know, I, I think just for me, my perspective is <clears throat> my perspective is just that, especially with my own family, you know, that this is something that, you know, really can't be ignored. And I think the problem is people just kind of ignore it, you know what I'm saying? And, and people don't really 
want to talk about it. I guess it's just weird to talk about. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe people don't like to be vulnerable to even even say that they are just having a lot of trouble just dealing with a lot of things on a mental level. Well, I think, it, I think it can go back to what you were talking about earlier. It's hard to talk about because people don't know how to respond. Or maybe you don't. people don't have the resources to access. Like, what are you going to do when you try to call up all these different doctors and none of them have a space? Or you get there and they're just trying to shove pills that you don't want there. Or maybe you do want them, but they don't have the ones that are working for you. There's, like, a lot of systemic things that go into that. Um and maybe some people could try harder, but I think a lot of the time when you are suffering from a mental illness and you're just not in a good place, like it's sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, you know, like what Yeah. What can you do? I think I think for me it's like as far as just my own experiences, because I I think anybody who I think anybody who is an artist or anybody who is a creative in their own right, specifically speaking about just, the, I guess, the creative uh, communities. Like, I think you've absolutely dealt with really, really below mental health at times. And I think that can just, and I think specifically speaking for creative people, I think that can be for a lot of reasons. Maybe you might be comparing yourself to other people. You might see people that are just maybe where you want to be and you feel a type of way that you're not there or maybe you just don't even believe you're just you have like a lot of self-doubt just of the of your own work so that kind of puts you in a in a dark place or you know maybe you know just like like how it was for me just dealing with having to surround yourself with a bunch of people who don't necessarily see your vision or believe you or support you or night or you feeling like you don't even get support from your community. So on a creative level, I see I see where it affects a lot of people. But for for me personally, like anytime I ever felt like I had really that I was suffering mentally, I really just kind of had to like. For me, I, what I do, I just kind of like just, uh, I just hide for a little bit, but like in a, not in a bad way, but, but I just kind of have to, uh, just refill like just my spiritual tank. And I just kind of do that just by like consuming content that I think, uh, consuming content that pushes like positivity helps me grow more than just like, watching CNN all day and just kind of watching or just consuming information that really doesn't help me grow. Uh, so for me, you know, that's why, that's why honestly, like I feel like I am kind of disconnected from the world because it's really easy to uh, like, it's, it's really easy for your mind to um, shrink for a lack of a better phrase, just when you consume the world from like an external standpoint. Um, so yeah, like, Oh, as time, as time went on, I, I, I've really seen that, you know, it's really serious. Like people, people are really, people are really going through like real things that they probably couldn't even vocalize or like explain or identify. And I think at that point, I think that's kind of when, you know, it, it, it might even be more serious than they even think, you know what I'm saying? 
Right. And I think it's important to point out that mental illness isn't just being sad. You know, you can get right. into a rut, you can get into all these kinds of things, but in the end, <clears throat> a lot of the time it is, I mean, it's an illness, it's real, it's chemical, it's, it's, it's tangible, you know? It's not yeah. like something you can just be like, I'm going to take some deep breaths now. Sometimes it'll help. If you're having a panic attack, take some deep breaths, that might help. But a lot of the time, it's <laughs> so, much more com so much more complicated than just, you know, pulling yourself out of it, I guess. Yeah. Right. And... So, Sarah, tell me about, um, do you have anything to talk about? Um, I was just going to say that in addition to what you've been talking about, that the influences of different types of culture. And so, like, you've talked about um, growing up with a family from Nigeria um, and also yeah. being a rapper, so having that rap culture. So just having those different aspects of those two cultures, as well as many other cultures, such as, you know, um, you know, being a male in America, I mean, that in of itself is... So detrimental right. to mental health. So it's just all those different types right. of cultures that really affect right. how you think about mental health and how you portray um, your own mental health. Right. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it goes so, so deep, like that being a male, being mm -hmm. a black male, being a woman, you know what I'm saying? Any, any, any race, like it's racial issues, uh, mm -hmm. sexist issues, like, you know, if you're gay, you know what I'm saying? It's just having people just, go against the life you live, like, you know, it could be just where you work, you just don't even like your job, like, it, just, it, it literally could be just anything, and it can be the smallest thing that I think over time, like, add just the smallest thing and just kind of add months and months of time to where, you know, it can really become a big issue that kind of is your, your mind and your spirit and your soul and all that, so it's like, and and. As serious as that is, you know, I, I I think the problem is that, as as far as my perspective, I may be right, I may be wrong, but just kind of the the problem in my perspective, and I'm just kind of specifically speaking to to about my peers, people like I know, you know, pretty well, people I know on a personal level, people I might not know, but might be in my same peer group. It's like I think that they are not really seeking like solutions uh and, and i'm like like seeing was saying you know maybe maybe you don't even know what a solution is but I, I feel like a lot of people aren't really putting uh putting enough effort into even identifying what the state of their mental health is and i think maybe for somebody that might not know any solution that i think that's probably the first step but also like there's so many different variances of it also you might not even you might be in such a bad place you just you literally don't even know what the first step is you like it like me said you might not you just you it'll just be hard to even want to get out of bed so you know it you know i think before before you before it gets worse i, I think that you know I, I think that it could help to try and seek maybe the root cause of maybe where it might have originated as far as maybe something in your life or maybe a person or just anything but again yeah, it could also crazy. be just a medical condition that you were born with it could like all just be chemical it's it it can you can just be born with it too sometimes something didn't happen it's just that's how you're, yeah. you are 
yeah, so I guess at that point, you know, that that at that point, what what do you do if if you were born with it? If you if you were well, born that way, that's where we have to start looking at mental health resources, things like the NC State Counseling Center, all kinds of different things, and people have to look into what they can do. And yeah, maybe some people, some people just don't have the resources. Yeah, you know. Um, we're gonna go to a song break. Thanks for calling in, Alex. Yeah, thanks for thanks for allowing me to be up here. Yeah, we've here. been speaking with Alex Aff. He's a rapper out of Durham or Charlotte, whichever you want to claim. Um, I love Durham so much. Honestly, I'm like homesick. I love Durham so much, but I am in Charlotte. I guess Charlotte based. I guess that's like if you were to write a biography on me right now, <laughs> you would say Charlotte based, but Durham raised, and Durham is still in his heart. Alex Aff. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Alex. Uh, this next song we're going to play is called Gap in the Cloud. 88.1 WKNC. You're listening to Oak City Move. It is a weekly show on Mondays from 4 to 6. I almost said Friday because that's when it used to be. But for the summer, we're going to be having our show on Monday from 4 to 6. And uh, today we're talking about mental health and mental illness uh, in light of the fact that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we ask people to send in their stories and or, and or advice or song requests, which you can still do uh, by calling 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. You can also find us on all of our social media platforms, so Twitter, Facebook, um, and we also have a website, oakcitymove.tumblr.com, where you can share your stories, your advice, or uh, just a song request. And earlier we were speaking with Alex Aff, which he's a rapper out of Durham, he wanted to call in and talk about his experience and his views about mental health care. So one of the email submissions we've got, we're going to read it to you now. I'm going to dive straight into it. I think that one of the worst effects of depression and anxiety is often the crippling self-doubt that it induces. It directly affects one's goals for themselves and their actions. It can crush your confidence, make you question your worth, and distort your very own image in your mind. As someone who has been struggling with depression and its evil cousin, anxiety, for as long as my memory can be traced back to, I found that taking time out for yourself and not just distracting yourself really helps. I usually try to go somewhere with a calm vibe, like a park or a garden, and most importantly, avoid looking at my phone when I'm doing this. It's something I wish to do a lot more than I actually do. It sort of provides me with the time to reflect upon the rationality and irrationality of my own behavior and mood and not just react to it as I would otherwise. It helps me revert my brain back into maintaining my confidence level and reminding myself to not get uh, bogged down at the sight of a small hurdle. It's a tedious process, but perseverance pays off, at least for the short run, until you find a better approach. Thank you for your submission, and again, we'd love to hear from any of you listeners by either calling us, emailing us, or checking out our submission portal on our website. So, Sarah, I'd love to hear about your experience. Oh, okay. So, I suffer from anxiety, both generalized anxiety and a panic disorder, as well as depression. So, I started um, experiencing symptoms of depression my freshman year of high school, and to put into context, I'm a sophomore in college right now, and... Um, but things really ramped up when I had my first panic attack in my junior year of high school. Um, at this point, I wasn't living in the United States yet. So that was really different. Mental health in different countries besides the United States um, 
is really ostracized um, and can be, you know, not really seen as like a medical issue um, and isn't really, especially in schools, because I, I was in high, in high school at the time, uh, at school, like, you know, they didn't really have things like counselors, you know, or any or social workers or things like that to sort of help students um, that are going through things like that. Um, so after I moved to the United States, I was about 16 at the time. I was hospitalized for a short bit at Central Regional Hospital in Butner, North Carolina. Um, and I stayed there for about 10 days. And it's really intense. Like the, you know, definitely hospitals like mental health hospitals, they don't really have, they have a really negative connotation when you like you look in, um, like in the media and things like that, um, especially like in horror films and things like that, you know, they're portrayed like as asylums um, and like, you know, the whole image of like straight jackets and all that stuff. So that wasn't really the reality. It was it was really it was a lot nicer than I expected it was going to be, but it was definitely really tough getting used to being away from my family. So the Butner is like about an hour away from um, Raleigh, um, where my family was, and so when I when you're in the hospital, you're not allowed to have a cell phone. You're only allowed to have phone calls at certain times. Only allowed to have visitors at certain times, um, and like a lot of objects. There are a lot of things that you aren't allowed to have. Um, I remember some of the weird ones were like, you can have shoelaces. Um, uh, you can have like things like razors, things with sharp points for obvious reasons. Um, there's just a whole multitude of things that um, there's a whole multitude of things that they didn't allow us to have. And while I was there too, I, I was there um, in late July. We had to go to school too every day, which was really interesting. Um, they made us, you know, attend classes and stuff, even though it was in the summer, but so that was definitely a really interesting experience for me. But after I got out, I uh, worked with like a lot of social workers and, you know, therapists and things like that. But I mean, it's been about two years since I was in the hospital. And it's I mean, because people think they, the people don't realize that mental health is sort of fluid um, and that it can, you know, just sort of rise and fall. So for me, I all through my senior year of high school, like I got a lot better, was having a lot less panic attacks. My first semester of college was doing a lot better too. But then this past semester, I had a really bad relapse with my anxiety and panic attacks and things like that. So after telling all that long history, for me, I just think it's really important for people to acknowledge that mental health is something that's really, really crucial. Mental illness is very prevalent. Um, especially when you're talking about things like anxiety and depression, those are ridiculously common um, in in our you know community and in our society. Um, but at the same time, there are resources out there. Um, it might take a while to find them, and you might not want to go at first. I mean, I've definitely you know been resistant to therapy and medications and things like that. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but they are there for you when you need them. Um, and to people that don't suffer from mental illnesses, um, I think it's just really important to acknowledge that, again, that they're there and to try to educate yourself as much about them uh, as you can, especially since um, someone you know or a loved one might be suffering from something like that. So, you know, having that compassion and that understanding, even if you don't exactly know what they're going through, um, having that ability, you know, to try to listen and help them and, you know, get them through that rough what are some some mental health like stereotypes or stigma that you faced um or that you've noticed yeah so when i lived in egypt 
there, um, the main religion is Islam, and religion plays a much bigger factor over there than it does here. And but at the same time, religion there is very intertwined in the culture, so there might be a lot of aspects over there that aren't necessarily in the religion, but you know that that you know people claim, oh, it's like you know part of the religion, but really it's just the way the culture has warped it over time. So a lot of people, you know, would tell me that I needed like to pray more or even like that, you know, like um, shaitan, which is like 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 the devil essentially is like was getting into my brain and stuff. And that's what was making me depressed and anxious and things like that. Even to here in the United States, like I've had several experiences just this past semester with EMS. because That's one thing, too, that's really annoying about having a panic disorder is that people always assume that you're like having a seizure or like a heart attack or something. And they call 911 and EMS people, sometimes they, they mean really well and they're really good at their jobs and really grateful for what they do. But they're not necessarily always trained to deal with to deal with uh, people that are suffering from mental illness. So I've heard from an EMS person, um, you know, after they took down my age, they were like, oh, you're so young. What do you have to be depressed about? The most recent experience I had with an EMS person, you know, they were just really condescending and, you know, like seemed to think that was a waste of time that they had to come out there for a panic attack, you know, which I can understand, I guess, because if they have other things going on, like that makes sense. But, you know, I just feel like people, if they sat down and kind of had these conversations like we're having now, they would understand a lot more. So you might not even have to know that much factually about mental illness or where it comes from and why why it happens to, to people. But just, you know, having a little bit more compassion um some dialogue yeah and just you know acknowledging that it's a real i think in religious communities as well as just in general a lot of the conception is that mental illness is about something yeah. whether it's like a spiritual entity issue or if it's an issue of just something like happened. a certain event like that mm-hmm. it's about something and that when that something is conquered it'll go away and i think yeah. that's hard for a lot of people to understand that depression isn't situational always in the way that sadness mm-hmm. is. And yeah. you're like, well, then what is this about? And the answer is not always something specific. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was definitely like, so there definitely was a big stressor when I moved like from Egypt to the United States. Like that was a very big stressor for me. For, but for me, mainly my, the source of my personal like mental illness comes, is just purely chemical, which is often the case with most people, you know. So just, yeah, like you said, just like acknowledging that it's not because that's another stereotype, too, that people think that like you have to have like a really traumatic history. You're just really sad. Snap out of it. Yeah. And just kind of like that you have like a traumatic experience, which can definitely lead to having depression, anxiety, like totally. But it's not like a hard and fast rule kind of deal. And again, if you have any comments, questions or concerns with the things that we're saying or you want to add to the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. We're checking our Twitter. Um, we're taking requests, anything like that. It's Oak City Move. Or you can call 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. So, Sarah, what are some things that you have found that kind of help you deal? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely at the very base level, always taking your medication and, you know, sticking with your therapy. Um, I'm re- like, personally, I'm really bad about not taking my medication when I'm supposed to. Um, and people, a lot of times people who 
have had mental illness for a while, you know, and they start to see some improvement, they like kind of fall into the trap where it's like, oh, I'm getting better, so I don't need my medication. No, it's like it's because of your medication that you're doing better. So don't stop taking your medication because that's really important. Yeah. Janae, you going to want anything? I wanted to speak really briefly from the perspective of someone who was going through therapy for yeah. years. And um, I was on Medicaid, so my insurance capped mm-hmm. when I was 19. So um, one of the ways that I've kind of eased the transition from going to therapy once a week, if not more, for years and then going to not having insurance is just kind of um, adapting some of the skills I learned for recognizing my own problems and I don't know how to explain, kind of understanding that there are limits, but that your friends do love you. Yeah. Like I wouldn't speak to my friends in the same way I would speak to my therapist, but kind of going through skills I've learned to recognize my own problems and saying, who is someone I think could help me with this problem? Not with maybe huge things, but with some of the things that kind of lighten the burden. Because like the thing with friends is like, even though they might not be you know, obviously professionally trained, you know, in the field of mental health. Like, I honestly, like, there's some things I won't tell my therapist just because I'm, like, I'm embarrassed or, like, you know, I don't feel as comfortable because I don't have that established relationship. But with a friend, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to talk about some things. That's interesting because for me, I had the opposite experience. I find it a lot easier to talk to my counselor or my therapist than Than about about certain topics than someone you know because sometimes... I'm really sad. like things can be taken personally or things yeah. can be taken out of context. Yeah. Um, and you like kind of just like that fear of being judged too. Cause like, you know, a counselor at the end of the day, like you're just like, you're not file. in my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like, they just way. close the file at the end of your session. They don't having, think about you again. For some right. reason having the same therapist for so long, I developed more of like, I can't make her sad. Right. Like I was like, I want her to feel like she's good at her job, but yeah. that doesn't make sense because then why would I be going? But and that I might mean, be a thing too, because I was only seeing this person for maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm trying—it's hard to express. But like, what's different for me is that I just like the feeling of being like, "Oh, other people feel this way." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I am not alone or crazy because of yeah. this. And so, I might not necessarily go to a friend and say, "Solve these problems" <laughs> in the way that I would to a therapist, but like saying this is how I'm feeling this is me describing how my brain is reacting to the situation mm-hmm. and a friend saying this is okay this is normal and being like there validating your feelings I guess and going off like what you were saying Janae about not having insurance a nice thing for people that go to NC State is that you can get um, free counseling I mean, it's not going to be honestly because I've tried <laughs> NC State counseling and I've tried regular counseling it's not going to be as great they as are- a therapist severely understaffed yeah i mean Um, it's not anything on their part but it's just i mean lack of funding and just lack yeah lack of funding lack of resources i mean i was that's where i was going mm -hmm, for here and it was great yeah it's like you need to plan your appointments ahead of time Mm -hmm. a lot of time unless there's an emergency because again the resources thing but i was actually talking to my counselor i haven't been back in a while which is i guess is good i don't know um but he was saying like at the beginning of the year the appointments have doubled there and yeah. it was it was this past year it was like in december he was telling me like mm-hmm. appointments doubled as soon as the semester got started again yeah and some people say it's because stress from political climate stress from school mm-hmm. um but studies have shown that depression anxiety is either becoming more prevalent or we're noticing it more 
I mean, it could be a combination of both, honestly. Because right. the thing is, too, like a lot of people. I mean, now not so, not as much as in the past couple of generations, but a lot of people, I feel like, went through depression or anxiety or like some form of mental illness, but didn't realize that that wasn't part of the common human experience. Right. Especially like as a teenager, you know, because you know you're just angsty. Yeah, exactly. Even like kids. teenagers are angsty and moody, you know. So like how like people don't know like what oh happens is this when you're not like, a teenager anymore yeah or like even if a teen because mental illness is really prevalent among teens but finding that you know like oh this isn't just normal teenage angstiness that's actually like turns out to be like an actual mental illness you know where it's kind of yeah, like finding some of that eye-opening that moments where like hearing the symptoms of things i've been diagnosed with and thinking oh that's not everyone okay yeah. that's not how everyone yeah. handles that because a lot of times people, that's when they, like when symptoms first sort of, like especially with uh, things like anxiety, depression, things like that, that's when they kind of start to crop up. Usually, I mean, they can come definitely a lot later in life, but a lot of times, like, you know, they start to crop up around like puberty and things like that. So I think the idea of like you were talking about medication and like don't stop taking your meds, that that's such a complicated issue, too, because yeah. sometimes... Like, you need those meds, mm-hmm. but some people will be like, you just should just meditate more. And maybe sometimes <laughs> it will help in the moment, but, like, but it might not no. help long-term. Also, issues around access to medication in the first place. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, yeah. with your, like, like, if you don't have insurance or things, something yeah. like that, like, I got that, that is, yeah. makes it complicated. In my particular situation, like, uh, by the time that I got, like, the green light to start medication, I ended up not taking it because I was losing my insurance so quickly afterwards. Yeah. I didn't want to start that process. And then go off of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get them. So. And on the other end, when you do have insurance, um, I this is not my personal experience. Well, I guess it's like secondhand experience. Um, someone I know that I was very close with um, a while back, a few years ago, was diagnosed with a few mental health disorders and... But when he went in, the first, um, first he was like, I'm having sleeping problems. They literally gave him a grab bag of like different kinds of sleeping pills. And they were like, try these, whichever (laughs) one works. And then later on when they were talking about, um, some of his other problems, it was like, he's, he talked for like 20 minutes. They're like, oh, it's definitely this. You're definitely these kinds of disorders. And this is definitely like, take these drugs. And it was so immediate and it was so like, like kind of just like a know, textbook. Te- it's not that so quickly yeah. and they're prescribing all these different kinds of medications, just like left, right, left, right, left, right. And it scares me that oh, yeah. this it's so quick to be yeah. judged and so quick to be like, just shove a prescription on it. Any kind of prescription. Oh, it doesn't work for a week. Try this one. Try this one. Try this one. Try this one. Yeah. It's crazy. Like over the past, so like over the past three years, I would need probably both hands and both feet to count the number of me- like the number of different medications that I've been on. Like I, I, I don't even remember the names of them all, but it's a lot. And then I don't know. It's just because those like partic- particularly like SSRIs and things like that are really addictive. Um, you know, because a lot of times too, people that suffer from mental illness tend to abuse things like drugs and alcohol. So. Another problem is, well, you don't want to stop taking your medication, but at the same time, if you're in a really vulnerable pace, it can be really easy to, especially like um, things that have, you know, sedating qualities. Like, so for anxiety and then panic attacks, they tend to give you medications that, 
you know, are calming, but they're they sort of work as like sedatives. So you you like end up abusing them, you know, just so you won't really be in there in that moment, which can you know, it's like it's, it's like a double edged sword all around. Uh our very first show, we had Anderson Barris uh, come mm-hmm. and talk to us. Yeah, um, and he recently put out a is it would you, would you call I mean, it a song? A yeah, freestyle? it's a song. A he, spoken word, spoken word. Yeah, you, or like a rap song, like something along those lines. <laughs> um, but it was about mental health and some of his experiences. It was in response, actually, to um, Thirteen Reasons, the uh, Selena yeah. Gomez sanctioned. <laughs> TV show and honestly when I watched the first episode I was like this is really interesting yeah and going through it and we've seen a lot of backlash on the internet too. yeah um, oh for context for people who don't know what 13 reasons why is um, it's a net so it's a Netflix show based on a book that was it's written about this girl named Hannah and she she this takes place like after she's committed suicide and she has left behind a box of cassette tapes and on, and it's like 13 like sides um of the tapes and each side has a story it's dedicated to each person that she listed as a reason why she killed herself hence 13 reasons why endorsement or recommendation by the way (laughs) we're explaining some background here yeah backstory but she she had it set so that each person on the tapes they had to like pass it along to the next person mm -hmm. on the tapes and they each had to listen to their tape and all the other ones as to why she killed herself yeah after her death. And so it's told from the point of view of this guy named Clay. And Clay, you know, is supposedly, like, so different from all the other people. Because, like... And this point is one of the big points people didn't like. But, like, he he was in love with that girl, Hannah, that killed herself. And, like, his whole shtick was, like, essentially, oh, if I wasn't, like, so shy and then I just told her that I loved her, then maybe she wouldn't have killed herself. Which, that's not... I mean, that's that's terrible. You know, just, like, it's not it's not one person singular fault right and i think the movie tried to touch on a lot of things and it did touch on some things like the difficulty of in situations of sexual assault how hard it can Mm -hmm. be to bring someone to justice yeah they talked about that they talked about a lot of different things but also the issues that people were having like glorification of suicide they didn't discuss um solutions yeah alternatives yeah. Um, and they kind of like there's like a, a separate movie that you could watch. Yeah, but like I didn't even it, realize but, that until I, like there's but, like a separate clip where like all like Selena Gomez and all the other actors, actresses, all that they like talk about like oh mental health is so terrible. Like they have like a conversation like this, um, and but like you wouldn't even know that like unless you like looked for it because it's not on the like it doesn't just play with the episodes. And another thing too was the idea that you know mental illness or like suicide and things like that it has to be for a reason, you know, because her her whole like the whole idea of the show was that like all these people had done things to her, had been cruel to her, things like that. So that's why she killed herself, you know. And sometimes people do have reasons, but it kind of skimmed over the fact that sometimes you don't. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Oak City Move, which is a weekly program on WKNC from 4 to 6 p.m. this summer. And we highlight organizations and individuals who are enacting positive change in the community and also address current events, uh, issues. And so today's theme is mental health awareness because it's Mental Health Month. So we spoke with Alex Aff earlier discussing some of our personal experiences read a couple submissions and if you'd like to make a submission you can check out our website it's oakcitymove.tumblr.com we've got a submission portal there and again we're checking our twitter and our email so we'd love to hear from you
Um, Fionn, now we need to ask you <laughs> some questions because because before the break, they Fionn got to ask me what my experience with mental health was. So, Fionn, I think it's your turn now. Man, talking about it is hard. Like it I don't really talk is. About, I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it with people usually. It's just kind of, and it in the in the scheme of things, I feel pretty good generally. You know, um, mm-hmm. I did suffer from depression when I was younger. Yeah, um, high school, middle school, and for me, it's not like I get sad randomly. It's like yeah. I've it's a cycle kind Mm -hmm. of it almost feels like it comes with the seasons or not even the seasons not like spring fall summer but like certain chunks of months and that kind of thing i can feel it coming back on and i feel like i've gotten better with it but for certain stretches things start to feel off i guess um hard to get out of bed i get i get up i've not i don't have it as bad as some people have it and i'm aware of that and i've feel very happy um about that but i do have my bouts of no motivation to do anything no motivation to get out of bed bummed out about like everything and bummed out is probably the wrong word for it but um and it's gotten better over the years maybe i'm just handling it differently i don't know my anxiety's gotten worse i didn't used to i didn't even think i used to have it but now Mm -hmm. i and it's not i don't have like panic attacks again i'm like way more fortunate a lot of people but um i feel it my like it's like a tightness in the chest yeah certain situations or sometimes nothing's even happening (laughs) but i've been lucky in that a a lot of my experience has been more based in i've been trying to learn how to handle other like situations with other people where Mm -hmm. they're having trouble and i'm trying to be more learning what to say or what not to say uh is hard Someone I was very close to a little over a year ago uh, had a lot of panic attacks and was just was just diagnosed with some different uh, mental health disorders. And that was hard for me. Like it was hard for them, obviously a lot, a lot harder oh, yeah. for them, but it can be draining sometimes not knowing what to do um, that kind of helpless, you know, mm-hmm. like you can stand there and be like, take deep breaths. You can yeah. be there and be like, everything's going to be okay. But can you say that when you don't really know if it's going to be okay? Yeah. You know, like, it's a, it's a hard situation for everybody involved. Um, or when someone that you know is expressing like suicidal thoughts, like mm-hmm. what do you do? Uh, and it, it yeah. puts you in a situation where really, what do you do? You can call the counseling center and they'll tell you, oh, you can put them on, what is it? Like where the cops come and check up on them. Yeah. But do you really want to send the cops? No, and then that'll just make them mad at you. Got some hot takes there. (laughs) Yeah. Um. uh, It's just what? What do you do? You wait until something happens. You you like it's someone. Sometimes that can be fatal if you wait until something happens. Yeah. You love this person to death, but at some point, what can you say? What can you do? Because it's something that they have to work out. But also, how are they going to work it out when they they can't work it out? You know, it's yeah. yeah. I was in that position a lot as um, like a GSA officer and like a higher up with like LGBT youth advocacy in general in the area. And it's very important to me <laughs> that people our age, our age being youth, teenagers, do not take it upon themselves to feel like a snitch or a bad friend if they call in an adult 
it is not up to you to handle a situation like that because you're worried that your friend will be mad at you. Your friend will be safe. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. If you are in a situation where you don't know that someone else is in their house and you need to call the police, that's what needs to be done. Don't put it upon yourself to say, will they be mad at me? Safety first. That's one of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn. And I've never regretted calling when I need to. Right. And I guess we should talk about some resources that you can call. Mm -hmm. Um, In my situation, I called the counseling center and they hooked me up with a couple of hotlines to call, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Not to say that, like, if your friend expresses that they're sad, call the police on them. (laughs) No, this is like a very emergency situation suggestion. Mm -hmm. And I guess the situations that I'm thinking of are, like, before it gets to emergency, but you see the tendencies and you've heard, like, oh, I felt this way before. And maybe some things happen and you're like, what Uh, if? You know, you can't just tell the cops to watch them. for. (laughs) And it's it's hard to know what the best thing to do is. Mm -hmm. Um. And again, y'all, we'd love to hear your experiences if you want to call us. It's 919-515-0881. You can also tweet at us or email us at oakcitymove at gmail.com. Um, Another big thing, too, is like having loved ones or friends that are going through, you know, a certain situation like in regards to mental illness is that they can often like pull away. You know, so that's really hard, like trying to give people their space to sort of cope with what they're going through, but at the same time wanting to be supportive and not letting them sort of like, you know, fold up into themselves, kind of. Right. And a lot of mine was, too, was dealing with my own frustration, mm-hmm. watching them be frustrated, you know, because yeah. it's not about me at all. But it's also... Oh, thanks. Oh, we got a... Song submission. A, uh, song submission. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Jason. Um, but figuring out how to deal with... Like Alex was expressing earlier, like, yeah. why don't you get help? It's, it's yeah. complicated. And too, like once, and when you're in that, you're in a different mindset when you're going through mental illness. You're in a different mindset than somebody who is thinking logically at a situation. So like, even if you have a friend or loved one, someone you know that is, and usually all other aspects are like very responsible and very um, pragmatic and like all those sorts of things. But when it comes to something like mental illness, it really clouds your vision and like you don't you're not thinking logically well okay i should call a counselor i should try to get you know appointment with a psychiatrist like things like that you know like they're not really thinking about things like that in sort of a logical you know step-by-step process they're more thinking like oh i don't really want to get out of bed you know it's more that kind of train of thought it's not really even on like at some point i guess it just kind of even goes off your radar you know and it can be hard. It can just feel daunting. Yeah, um, it's, it's account, scary. We talk yeah, about the counselors, counseling center being understaffed. Well, when they are understaffed, or they feel that they can't take you on, sometimes they'll send a list of other, other places, places you can go, go. Yeah, and you get this giant page long list, and you're already dealing with a lot of things, and then you're expected to call through each one of these places, and a lot of them are booked up. It's and too it's like, like daunting, seeing, and even just like technical things, like oh, seeing if they'll take your insurance, seeing if they deal with the specific. Mental illness, because like so a lot of times, general counselors, like this is what I've noticed. Like uh, someone whose like biggest issue was panic disorder. Like I could go talk to like a general counselor, but like right now I see an anxiety specialist. So like that tackles a lot more like the specific issue and has specific therapies and like coping skills, things like that for your issue. So a lot of times, things that are within your price range or your insurance, you know, aren't can't be that specific. Um, and with the even just like with the counseling center, even if they do take you on like going in for that first time you know you have to fill out this huge 
questionnaire and um you know talk to people and stuff like that it can be kind of nerve-wracking but um what i've always noticed is like if you take a friend or someone like you trust with you you're going to be less likely to just like back out and leave you know and not go through with it and these are our personal experiences we're not claiming to be doctors or yeah anything no like that, but we're just trying to open some dialogue for mm -hmm. ourselves and just we again we'd love to have you as a part of the conversation and so, like in my experience mm -hmm. helping break down those daunting tasks even if they see like they look small but they can be difficult yeah. like dealing with this insurance when you're already having anxiety dealing with getting these appointments dealing mm -hmm. with when you do get an appointment it turns out you really didn't want to be talking to this person anyway yeah it helps to have someone to talk to like yeah. outside like an ally like someone to sit with you and be like all right we're gonna call this one person now yeah. all right let me help you call this person all right hey look, i looked up all the insurance information mm -hmm. sometimes i mean you don't have to have all the answers but the nicest thing you can do is just saying hey how are you if you see one of your friends looking like they're not too great because that can open up them being able to say what they need to say yeah and just asking like what can i do like even if you can't be much support in terms of you know uh, medical knowledge or you know even if like they just need you for emotional support to do simple tasks like if they like if somebody who suffers from social anxiety it'll be really hard to make a phone call to make an appointment so having a friend or a family member or somebody close to you to do those little tasks that aren't that don't really seem like a big deal but would mean the world to somebody going through those issues what are some things because like i was saying before sometimes it's hard to know what to say yeah you want to be there for this person mm -hmm. but you don't know what to say what are some things you think like let's say you're having a panic attack what yeah. helps for another person to i think doing? so like for me like when i'm having a panic attack, i always feel like you know oh i'm crazy like, like i start to you know go it like because when you're in like a clear like frame of mind like you know logically okay no it's just chemical imbalance you know um fight or flight response like you can go through all the like explanations but when you're in the moment of a panic attack for example you're not thinking clearly all you're thinking is oh my god i'm so embarrassed um you know uh am i gonna die um am i crazy like all these things but having somebody there with you to sort of like validate like tell you no this is relatively normal like nothing's gonna happen to you um and for me like you know if i have a friend with me like who knows like oh like have you like asking like basic things like have you eaten have you taken your medication like things like that um and for me like a really big thing is not calling 911 like when i like ambulances <laughs> for me like i just die like i like no no way so like if somebody knows that because like that would be most people's automatic response like to call you know 911 they think like they're doing a good thing because that's what they've always been taught is like you know if there's an emergency you call 911 but for for my personal situation, if I had to go to the hospital, I would just just keel over and die because I would just be so, so anxious and scared. But for other people, it might be something different. Sarah, would you say that it's helpful for you to give at least like a little bit of baseline context to your friends yeah. Yeah. and say like not necessarily like here's all the things I need you to constantly be doing for me. Yeah. Like, it's not a burden to say, if this happens, this is the thing that happens with me. Yeah. Give your friends kind of, like, a go-to so that up, they're not yeah. like, what's Sarah up to? I've never seen this before. 911, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. I think that's definitely really important. And even, like, talking about within the context of going, like, being in high school or college or something like that, telling your teachers or your professors that will make all the difference. Like, so here at State, um, 
if you like mental illness can be can, you can apply for disability here at state if like you if you suffer from mental illness so with that you get like they sort of like when you go to meet with the people from disability like they get an understanding of what you're going through and what your needs are and based on that they then they like send out like a letter to your professors um that like sort of just lists like what sort of accommodations you need so like you even if you don't want to have that sort of awkward conversation with your professor or teacher about you know oh like i have panic attacks like that's normal for me but you know like having that resource is something not a lot of people think about because the counseling center would be like the first one people think about when they hear you know mental illness but um disability can be one that's really important um but going back to what you were saying today like definitely um i found it really useful like when my friends know so if we're in a public space and something happens and then a stranger you know walks by and they're like oh should i call someone they'll be my friends can say you know oh no like she's like like, this is normal for her work because i'm not gonna be in the capacity to to, you know explain what's going on you know and you know them sort of knowing that like and then two i think when other people know and hear it from you when you're in a calm state of mind that you're gonna be fine they're less likely to freak out when it does happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of, because people, like, when they see panic attacks, things like that, like, they can be, they can look, like, really scary. So people, like, tend to, the, they themselves get really, like, scared and anxious and things like that when they witness somebody else going through something that's very visual like that, you know? Uh, if you want to contribute to this conversation, you can call 919-515-0881. You can tweet at us at Oak City Move. Or you can email us at oakcitymove at gmail.com. Again, this is called A Little Bit of Everything from Dawes. You're listening to Oak City Move on WKNC. So up next, we've got some events that you could check out this coming week. Sarah? Mm -hmm. All right. So to start them off, we got the first event tomorrow. um, It's called Healthcare is a Human Right, Not a Privilege. And it's hosted by the North Carolina NAACP. It's tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., um, at number one East Edenton Street here in Raleigh. And um, it's a rally at the North Carolina General Assembly to proclaim health care as a human right and a moral requirement. Um, and the sort of demands that they're making is the expansion of Medicaid um, and uh, stopping the repeal of the Affordable Care Act. So that, again, is tomorrow from 6 to 8. And then on May 24th, which is um, on Wednesday, we have the Art and Music Hang with Art of Cool in um, Cam Raleigh, which is in downtown Raleigh on West Martin Street. And that is on Wednesday from 6 to 8. And so Art of Cool, um, Fionn, you can talk about Art of Cool a little bit because you didn't. You went to some of the shows, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't get to go to the festival itself, but I came to some of the the outside events that were happening around Art of Cool, like, you know, the day parties and yeah. stuff. Um, and Art of Cool is something amazing happening in Durham. It, was a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um Cicely the person who puts it together she's been doing a great job bringing in all these new acts talking about very relevant issues in the community and just bringing up Durham it's like amazing that this is such a cool festival and people are coming from all over the place to see this um she's we're actually going to be interviewing her tomorrow mm-hmm. Sarah and I uh off air and we'll be running it on KNC sometime this summer yeah so the um event that they're having at Cam Raleigh is just a space for people to learn more about Art of Cool, enjoy some of the exhibitions that they have. Um, and there'll be, you know, food and music. And it's so also, good knowing we have like a jazz yes. and hip hop like 
presence in Durham. It's it's amazing. really cool. I'm, so I'm going to Seattle this summer, and some of the things I've noticed is that there isn't a hip hop scene. There really to isn't. Be, it's just to be seen. Just, just indie. Really? Yeah. Or maybe it's hidden, and I just haven't seen it yet. It's under but the ground. <laughs> there's not that. There's some diversity issues. Um, and actually, I'm hoping to do a segment on that when I'm away this summer, and I'll be sending it to you, Sarah. So it gets yay. Good. Uh, we've got another event on Wednesday the 24th. It is the Saving Space Showcase, and we're hoping to get an interview with them, too. We had Zensofly on our show uh, last two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. she's going to be performing, as well as Jenks and Lux Posh. And Saving Space Showcase puts on different shows in different locations, and each show is based on donation, and you donate, and the money goes to a... Um, to a a nonprofit of choice, so the one this Wednesday is going to be going to Alerta Migratoria, which is a Durham-based resource for undocumented immigrants seeking asylum in the U.S. So this is going to be at Ruby Deluxe this Wednesday. You can see some amazing music. Zen just performed at Moogfest and she killed it. Oh, These pictures yes. are giving me just so much oh, FOMO. It's but, crying. Zencita from the block. Zencita from the block. You can catch her this Wednesday while also um, donating to a worthy cause. And also on Wednesday, yet another event is um, <clears throat> the Unity and Service Day hosted by Ellie Mann School, um, which is the school that is located um, in the Masjid of Raleigh um, at 808 at Water Street. And they are co- collecting donations on the Unity and Service Day. So donations of food or clothing for newly arrived refugee families. That uh, They're mainly Syrian families that come to the mosque um, every week. And they um, learn English and, you know, learn just basic skills to get them ready for life in the U.S. But they're taking um, food and clothing donations as well as household donations, household items, um, gently used toys, books, anything like that. And they'll also be doing a service activity where um, people who come by can make homemade welcome cards for new immigrant and refugee families. And again, this is Wednesday, 430 to 730 at 808 at Water Street in Raleigh. And finally, on May 28th, there is um, Girl Rock NC's 2017 volunteer, one of their volunteer trainings. Um, and we have spoken about Girl Rock NC uh, on our show a couple of times before, but they... Uh, it's a camp that is for uh, girls and women and um, gender nonconforming people that um, where they can learn about music and things like that. And it's mostly volunteer based. Um, so all the um, instrument instructors, all the um, people who lead the the like sort of uh, uh, informational sessions and things like that are uh, women and nonconforming people who are donating their time to these little girls and. At the end of the week of camp, um, the kids put on like a showcase, um, you know, with their music and things that they've been working on all week. So if you're interested in volunteering, you should check out their website and their volunteer training. One of them is on May 28th, and this is on um, 2210 East Pettigrew Street in Durham, North Carolina. And yeah, so you'll fill out a form before you go and you go to volunteer training. You're listening to the Oak City Move. We highlight organizations, artists, and individuals who are uh, are (laughs) enacting positive change in North Carolina. Uh, We've had several really amazing guests, and we hope to keep them coming. Uh, The purpose of this show, outside of that, was hopefully 
we get people on here with big ideas who are doing great things and maybe one of you listeners will hear them and say, oh, I want to get involved with that. Or you'll hear this idea and say, I have an idea too. And now that I've heard about how this person's doing it, I can do that too. So we're really hoping to push some positivity, some some motivation into people. Um, and we want to hear people's voices. So if you have any suggestions for content, stories, um, organizations, or people who you know are doing a great job and you want them to be highlighted, we'd love to have them on the show. You can always email us at oakcitymove at gmail.com or use our submission portal on our website. It's oakcitymove.tumblr.com slash submission. Well, we're always open to that and Twitter. <laughs> and we're, we're all over the internet. We'd love to hear we from you. We have lent you our ears, and so now we're just listening. Yeah, we're just waiting for you. Any stories, poems, songs. You just want to people. talk, like the, the hang, hang traffic dude we that was just like, hey. Desperate. Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> are, we are really desperate. Just talk to us. We need love and attention. Uh, so, <laughs> speak for yourself, Sarah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Whoa. But thanks all for listening. We're nearing the end of our hour. We have several song requests to play. Uh, we got some Grateful Dead in here. Yeah, Ooh, Deadheads. Yeah. My mom would be so proud. Uh, um, yeah, keep them coming. And so today's show was focused on mental health. If you want to listen back to any of our shows, you can check out our website. To be honest, we're a little bit behind on podcasting right now, but we're getting it done this week. We're going to be up to date by the end of the week. That's accountability. Hold me accountable right now. I'm saying this live on air on, on the radio. 25, May 22nd. 25,000 watts of 5.53 p.m. Uh, I want to leave you with some songs and a poem from Rupi Kaur. Actually, I haven't even approved this with Sarah. Sarah, you want this one or do you want a different one? That one looks really good. All right, great. You didn't have time to read it. It's cool. If you want to read it, go ahead. You read <laughs> All it. All right, I'll read it. It's called All You Own Is Yourself by Rupi Kaur. Let it go. Let it leave. Let it happen. Nothing in this world was promised or belonged to you anyway. And... To go off of that, we have two numbers that you can call if you or a loved one is experiencing um, any difficulties with mental illness or just wants, you know, some more information. Um, one of the resources we've been talking about uh, a lot today is the NC State Counseling Center, and they're located in the Student Health Building, which is right across from Witherspoon, which is where we are. But it's, um, yeah, you can call them at 919 515 Two four four six, and we'll post all of this information again at, uh, on our Facebook page. It's also nine one nine five one five two four two three. And just from personal experience, like the counseling center, it has its ups and downs. They're understaffed, but they've been really good for me. Um, they're right here on campus if you're on campus. And hey, if it doesn't work out, they also have other resources mm -hmm. that they send you to help you find the best fit. Another really good resource is the NAMI helpline. So NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and then they have separate branches for each state. But um, you can call 1-800-950-6264, and you can reach them uh, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And they, they're they a little bit less of a crisis line as more of a like um, talking about different symptoms, um, treatment options, where you can go to... Um, find treatment for support groups, things like that. Um, so again, that's 1-800-950-6264. Uh, I also just want to personally, like, y'all don't want to go to a counselor, but you just want someone to, like, listen. 
Yo, we're both here. We're always yep. here. Um, you can reach out to us through oakcitymove at gmail.com. Like, really always here to listen. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, but always here to listen if you just want to listen. Need someone to talk yeah. to. Yeah. And- what words? Anyway, also want to give a shout to Suzanne. She called in at the beginning of the show to tell us about a project called Live Through This. It's a an artist comes through Raleigh. She's actually from Raleigh, but she travels and takes portraits of suicide survivors, people who have attempted suicide, and she interviews them, gets their stories, and posts their portraits. So she showed us that, and we hope to get in contact with the artist sometime, but she wanted us to share that. It's I just checked out the website. It's very powerful yeah. stuff. It's called livethroughthis.org. And we will share that again on our social media platforms Again, like Fionn was saying, if you ever want to talk about anything, I mean, it could be stuff related to the show or music or just wanting someone to talk to in general. Hang out with us. Yeah, and we will keep it, you know, totally keep everything to the conversation. We won't share any of it on air or with other people. So, yeah, it's definitely a safe space. That's just on a personal level. But on the show level, if you have any suggestions, submissions, questions, comments, concerns, always feel free to reach out to us through our portal or through our email. Thanks for listening to the show, y'all. Bye.